I definitely feel like there is a lot of opportunity for outdoors companies to actively immerse themselves on the vehicle front. And, you know, anything that I can do to kind of help guide them along that way um, through our channels and through the channels of our peers and working collaboratively and collectively to, at the end of the day, get people outside and doing so re uh, responsibly. I'm absolutely for that. And I think that there's a lot of benefit there that um, companies can absolutely um, garner long term. Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery Podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. I am so excited to introduce today to you, Frank Ledwell, who is the editor-in-chief and founder of Outdoor by Four magazine. Welcome to the show, Frank. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you, Kristen. I'm excited to be joining you. And, you know, here we are kind of uh, as we're wrapping up 2019. I know that many of Verde's clients have their eye on, um, obviously, on growth and expansion for next year, but there's a little bit of a captain obvious, and some of them are targeting this and some of them aren't, and that is vehicle-supported adventure. And as most of my listeners have heard me talk about many times on the show, with the outdoor recreation economy and in full swing and the offices of outdoor recreation standing up in so many states and the national conversation around that in Washington the advocacy, the lobbying, everything that's going on and the huge, huge, I mean, triple digits, billion, like eight, 800 plus billion dollar valuation that all of our industries have together. Not valuation, I guess is the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying? Basically, we now have the right, the lane, every, there's no red lights at all between brands that might have sold in the past, human supported adventure, versus vehicle supported adventure. And PS, the Captain Obvious part, we've been driving to trailheads for many, many years or ski areas, et cetera. So Frank has this amazing magazine that's a leading publication in the vehicle supported industry. And I wanted to have him on the show today so that we could kind of talk about this consumer, how to get in front of them genuinely, how to really, I think, engage them to grow your reach in 2020. And with that, Frank, if you could give us a little bit of your background and why you started Outdoor by Four magazine, that would be awesome. And then we'll go from there. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, thanks again for having me here. Um, just kind of briefly telling you about my history. My passion uh, for outdoors, the seed for it was really started when I was a kid, Boy Scouts. And as I got older, went off to college, um, I had the pleasure of spending a summer working in Estes Park, Colorado. And it was that summer, it was the summer of 99, so literally 20 years ago, um, that me and my best friends from school, we, we spent the summer working in the mountains. And I hiked every day, I climbed every day, 
riding bikes every day. We, we, we went to trailheads everywhere that we went. We did it in a Jeep, a Jeep vehicle. Um, and it was at that time that I was like, wow, I really love being outdoors. And, um, I went up, graduated from college. I had a corporate career and on the side I had, because of my experience during that summer work in Colorado, I um, began writing and doing photography and sharing those experiences of being outdoors and using vehicles as a means to get to a trailhead to go do these various activities that we all enjoy. I uh, eventually turned all of that into what has now become Outdoor by Four magazine. And, you know, regarding Outdoor by Four, our mission from the very beginning, and it started with, with my experiences 20 years ago, was that there was not really a magazine on the market that really captured the essence of, of outdoors recreation and vehicle-based adventure travel. And I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, anybody and everybody who's doing something outdoors related is using a vehicle to get to a trailhead, whether it's, you know, accessing a national forest and going hiking or, or biking or paddling, whatever it is outdoors. There wasn't really anybody capturing that essence. It was either, focus exclusively on vehicle and overland travel or outdoors adventure. And so when we, when I started Outdoor by Four Magazine in 2013, the goal was to create a crossover and to create some solidarity between these two marketplaces. Because at the end of the day, like I said, virtually everybody's using some sort of vehicle to get to a trailhead to enjoy being outside. That's perfect. And I'm so happy that you exist, number one. So thank you for creating this publication (laughs) because I really feel like it is the link, everybody. So this this podcast, thankfully, reaches a lot of specialty markets, but obviously we were founded in the outdoor active lifestyle markets of outdoor, snow, cycling, adventure travel, endurance, et cetera. But the principles behind this can apply to like any specialty brand looking to genuinely expand into a new market. And in the case of this, I mean, with vehicle supported versus human powered, it's not, I mean, it is a little bit of a new marketing in terms of brands and retailers potentially like creating um, a genuine place for this consumer to come. But like, (laughs) I feel like it's just been what we've done for so long. And now all of a sudden it's not something we, I mean, we can talk about it openly. I mean, I've seen in Patagonia's catalog, they have a lot of vehicle supported adventure depicted in those pages. Now, Mm -hmm. as I said, several of our brands are um, either in this or looking to expand, are exhibiting it at Overland Expo. And then, you know, basically we can talk about um, the crossover that you've seen at the outdoor retailer shows that you've attended, but it does still feel like there's a silo. And ultimately today we want to kick that down together. So let's start by um, helping the audience understand what overlanding is because dear audience, I was sitting here doing my rehearsal call with Frank and he... um, in a very polite way, kind of corrected me because I was talking about overlanding and he's like, we need to actually define what that is because it's not being used in, I think, like it's a general term that actually needs to be niched a little bit more. Can you explain a little bit about what what you mean by that? Because I think it's important for any specialty brand who wants to show up authentically, genuinely in that space. Absolutely. So, and and, that's, I think, a really great way to start this off. You know, what is overlanding? I, I like to think of overlanding as basically blending uh, a road trip with backpacking, you know, where you're the, the, the journey as a destination is 
is wholly self-sufficient and the vehicle platform is designed to be wholly self-sufficient while on an adventure. So in, in terms of backpacking and how that relates to backpacking, vehicles have a limited amount of space in them. Uh, I mean, you've got your interior cargo space, you have roof space, you can put things on a roof rack. You're having to be very cognizant about how you're you're filling that space because your vehicle is truly the tool to get you from one area to another area over a couple of days, over a couple of months, or even over a couple of years. And that really, in essence, is what overlanding is. Now, with Outdoor by Four, we've, as I mentioned earlier, our goal has always been to try to, to capture and bring together the, the, the vehicle component to the adventure and the outdoors component to the adventure. And so our magazine is really a hybrid that includes overlanding, this kind of wholly self-sufficient form of vehicle travel, but also it, it, it arrives at a more kind of a general vehicle-based adventure platform, which is what I think the vast majority of your clients and companies within the outdoors market are really trying to to tap into, which is more vehicle-based adventure, where you know, sure, you may have a vehicle that, or a, or an adventure that's being that that's focused specifically on overland travel, where it's just about the vehicle and traveling to some remote destination or a myriad of remote destinations over a long period of time. But also, a lot of us are really just using a vehicle as a tool, um, as a form of utility to get somewhere, to go and enjoy, you know, a weekend or a week-long trip in a remote area to go mountain biking or hiking or paddling and doing all these various outdoor activities. So at the end of the day, overlanding is essentially backpacking with a vehicle and vehicle-based adventure, which is a much broader demographic. That is really the use of vehicles as a tool to get out and do all these forms of outdoor recreation activities. Does that make sense? It totally does. And that's very, very helpful. And I appreciate that so much. It may seem like we're, we're getting almost too base here, everybody. But again, especially brands, it is our job to do our homework and show up in the most genuine, la- genuine way we can to this consumer. So let's talk about news in the overlanding or vehicle-based <laughs> adventure market and community. So um, obviously the main show that I've been to and that Verde has been attending for the past two two years is Overland Expo West and East. Uh, why don't we start there? Why don't we talk about that? Is, is, would you consider that to be the main consumer show in your opinion? Absolutely. From an overlanding vehicle-based adventure perspective, um, the Overland Expo events are, are really an excellent space to um, not only experience what overland and vehicle-based travel is all about, but really get immersed in it. The beauty of those events is that the focus is really, well, kind of stepping back, Overland Expo um, was designed to introduce people to the world of vehicle-based travel. And over the course of a three-day weekend, there are um, seminars, there are training classes, there's a, a, a film show that occurs over the course of the weekend with different films about people and their adventures and the places that they've been. It's a truly immersive experience for those who are interested in using their vehicle to go to explore the world around them. And there's no doubt that Overland Expo um, is an excellent platform for people to um, get immersed in this vehicle-based lifestyle. 
Right. Um, and I understand SEMA is really important. And then um, let's talk a little bit about some of the news in terms of that show. Before we get into the Overland News, Overland Expo News, let's sure. talk about SEMA and any other major draw shows, in your opinion, that people might want to have in their calendars for 2020. Well, interestingly enough, SEMA is kind of like the polar opposite of outdoor retailer, but there are a lot of really interesting things that tie the two together. For years, SEMA, which is known as the, it's short for the Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association. It's the largest event of its kind, definitely in North America and probably in the, in the entire world, that highlights vehicles um, and the aftermarket component of vehicles. So SEMA historically has had a focus on sedans and race cars and um, trucks and all sorts of pretty much every single vehicle that you find on the road. That's what SEMA has been focused on. This year, um, a whole new section of the SEMA show was was opened up called the Overland Experience. And during the course of the week at SEMA, which occurred earlier this month in Las Vegas, the Overland Experience was a section of the show that was that was um, that was created in conjunction with Overland Expo, who I mentioned a little while ago, and a, a group called Tora, which is the Truck Off Road Alliance, where they highlighted within the vehicle segment. Uh, the overland impact and overland vehicles that are related to the things that we're talking about now, um, getting out and exploring. And, and so there was a whole section of the show that, that featured vehicles that were built for uh, outdoor recreation and for wholly self-sufficient travel. And that uh, was, was front and center. The biggest news that came out of SEMA was, was having this, a section of the show devoted to overland, which you know, we saw earlier this year, Outdoor Retailer finally had a section of the Outdoor Retailer show that also highlighted its own little area specific to Overland. Yep, I saw that as well. Um, and I, it's interesting because I, I don't, I think they could have done a better job, and I'm sure they will in year two, educating people around the the resource that that was. Um, uh, having been, you know, attending that show since the dawn of time, they come up with great programming, but sometimes they forget to tell people about it. You know, they just assume that we're going to be reading the emails and checking out the website. But a lot of my clients were like, great, there's a merchandise display there, but I don't really see like what this means to me. Right. Yeah, and, then the other, exactly right. and another thing I was going to point out is um, we've had success working with um, Devaki and Rich Hill over at the Grassroots Outdoor Alliance for one of their future shows, setting up something similar for a really solid group of independently owned brick and mortar outdoor specialty stores. Again, that's the Grassroots Outdoor Alliance. So that's another place in 2020 where I think we're going to see additional opportunity to kind of see how this could roll into our existing, you know, branding content, et cetera, and distribution. Um, so cool. Let's talk real quickly about the change in hands of Overland Expo at the earlier time in this year that we discussed in our rehearsal call. Sure. So Overland Expo, the event originated back in 2007 or 2008, I believe. I think it was 2008. Um, and when it was first started, it was it was started by enthusiasts, kind of like Outdoor by Four was. Um, there were a handful of vendors at the first Overland Expo. Um, the original Everland Expo show was uh, was held um, just south of Tucson in Arizona, and over the subsequent ten years, the the event literally grew from a handful of vendors and a handful of attendees to 
an event that now sees over 20,000 people over the course of a three-day weekend with nearly 400 vendors on this on site with food trucks and it's a truly it's it's an it's an immersive experience earlier this year back in January the original owners of Overland Expo sold the company they sold Overland Expo to an events company named Lodestone Events which is based out of Indianapolis Indiana I believe and uh, Lodestone hosted the first show that of which they took ownership of earlier this year in May at the annual Overland Expo West event held um, in Flagstaff, Arizona. And again, it was a three-day weekend that was fully immersive with classes and vendors and films and just a host of various things within the show that really make it such a special place to go for a consumer learning about this market. That's awesome. And then I will put the links in the show notes, everybody, to Lodestone Events because they have a little press area on their website and they talk about um, another one coming up in 2020 called Four Wheeler Adventure Expo that I believe taps into the very, very popular area that is Northern San Diego County, kind of the OC, Orange County and, and Los Angeles. I know that there are there's a, just a ton of enthusiasts that live in and around that area. Um, so there's going to be a show there March 7th and 8th that is will be at the Orange County Fair and Event Center, it says. So I'll put this link in there so you guys can read all about it. Um, we've often seen companies go and walk shows to kind of get a feel for it. And it sounds like if that's what you're doing or where you are in your specialty business in terms of trying to expand to reach this consumer, um, we, you'll have a lot of options. And so you can read about that in the show notes. So Frank, can we also spend a little bit of time because my listener comes here to learn about how to hack their channels, whether it's content or product distribution. Um, what does distribution look like for vehicle-based adventure companies? And I understand there's a little bit of a segmentation there. There, you know, Verde had an interesting um, project earlier this year with the RV Industry Association. We had to do a bunch of surveying with more traditional RV retailers, dealers. And that was very telling. Um, Every single person on the brand and the retail side was very eager to evolve. They just didn't really feel like they knew how to do that. So I know that that's an industry or a distribution channel in transition, but that's a little bit different than what we're talking about here. RV is very different from what Frank's magazine, I think, reaches. Um, It's not that it tells them not to, you know, (laughs) you're not allowed to read this. I think anybody who loves to be outdoors and loves vehicles would find value in your publication. So I'm not at all saying that, but you're more of an enthusiast, like somebody who likes to DIY stuff, belong to communities online and just any chance they get, go explore in their vehicle. Um, And that doesn't have to be an RV, right? So let's talk a little bit about distribution and what you see in your area of focus with Outdoor by Four. Like how are brands putting their content out there? How are they creating audiences and where do these audiences go and look and feel and touch the product and then ultimately convert and buy the product? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to start off with what the what the brand is trying to achieve. And through channels like Outdoor by Four and really in permeating the this vehicle-based market, it's all about selling lifestyle. Um, you know, a, a lot of folks, I mean, quite honestly are sitting behind a desk during the day. They've got a day job. They're, you know, they have their responsibilities during the day and they're looking for an outlet to go and spend a weekend or a week long or even a month long somewhere. And, and, and so by basically showcasing 
products and branding branding products in a way where you're highlighting lifestyle, a real lifestyle opportunity. That's what creates engagement. And through our channels, that's that's our primary that's our primary goal with our editorial has been to highlight the lifestyle of getting out and you know immersing yourself when you have the opportunity to with the natural world. And there's a there's a there's an aspect of genuinity that comes from that when people you know pick up a copy of Outdoor by Four per se and they see um, you know a family or um, a young couple or an older couple uh, or an individual getting out and and experiencing the natural world and using products that you know are. are you, 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 a lot of outdoors companies don't realize that a lot of the products that are used on the vehicle side are products that their consumers in the outdoors realm have been using for years. Um, we've found ways to integrate those products into the stories that we tell to add a genuine component to this lifestyle um, of getting out. And we found that that, that that has proven to be successful with the companies that work with us and essentially selling the idea that there's a lifestyle behind the products that they sell and not focusing so much on the products themselves, but having the, the products complement the adventure and being used in the adventure as part of the storytelling. Uh, and that really has proven to be extremely valuable, uh, particularly for companies that are entering the, the overlanded vehicles realm from the outdoor side, but also for companies that were already in the vehicle realm to begin with that are trying to kind of re-identify themselves to this broader segment of people that are crossing over from outdoors into vehicle and from vehicle into outdoors. I think you're hitting on something here. The media does shape consumer perception. I mean, we can't deny that. And when you look at a Patagonia catalog, just to bring that example up again, or if you look at Outside Magazine, for example, the products are depicted a little bit differently. I'm not saying than your publication, but then other, other publications in vehicle-based adventure. Um, I don't want to name names, but, you know, sometimes you can open a, you know, magazine, start reading it and the advertising doesn't fit. You know, it might be really motorhead oriented or perhaps you like, you, you finish a feature and then you turn the page and there's like two pages of just solid like products that are like from a distributor that's like buy this here, like again, motorhead. And so I feel like your publication, I think really does a great job melding the two. And I know like gear junkie and out outside magazine are starting to cover this more too, because they know people are searching for it. Right. So I think that again, this is really an interesting conversation that we're having. You have to really, I think it, it would be a worthwhile experience to like, dive in and look at some of the media around this and see where your brand could fit. It always goes back to serving your specific target consumer. It doesn't matter, you know, if Frank has a demographic on his publication or outside has one on theirs, like you have to actually stay completely true and disciplined to your target consumer and choose the, you know, depiction of your brand from there because that's the North Star. But one thing I do love about what you do from a mission standpoint is your... I, I mean, I hesitate to use the word inclusivity because for so many listening to this podcast, it has, <laughs> it's been given a, a, a heightened meaning. Uh, but really what I mean by that is just the open door to the outdoors for everybody, right? Can you talk about, you know, what that means to you from Outdoor by Four? Because I think this is the, at the heart of the opportunity for bridging these two communities together. 
Absolutely. I, I mean, you can go to our Instagram page, for instance, and just read our, our description there of what Outdoor by Four is on Instagram or our social channels. And it's essentially a, 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 a gateway to the world outside, to just stepping outside your front door and experiencing the natural world. And and really, quite honestly, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what that's what the companies that are in the outdoors market want to achieve is getting people out using their products. That's what companies in the vehicle realm want want people to do is get out and use their products. Um, it's all part of an experience. Um, it's all part of a lifestyle. It's all part of, like I said, kind of going back to this idea of 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 stepping away from you know the daily grind. You know, looking out your window while you're sitting in an office. You know, wishing that you were out somewhere outside and getting out there and actually doing it. And that's what makes I think Outdoor by Four unique in its position is that we've always felt like there's an opportunity to really resonate with people and engage with people by by telling stories that motivates them to get out and whether it's just getting out in their vehicle and doing a, a an overland style trip like we talked about where it's just you know loading up your vehicle with everything that you need and being completely self-sufficient for a week or a month or however long um, but also, you know, telling, showcasing stories and, 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 uh, and telling the experiences of people who just like you and me or any other regular um, enthusiast, uh, just getting out and enjoying, you know, a weekend uh, driving to a trailhead and going backpacking, um, going hiking, doing paddling. Um, these are the types of things that I think really resonate with people. And again, kind of tying that all into the branding component you know, you, you can showcase a product in an ad in a magazine, or you can showcase a product uh, in an ad on social media or at an event. But it's another thing if you're tying that product to an activity or a myriad of activities that make it relevant to a broad demographic, and it's done so in a way that complements the opportunity to get out and enjoy the natural world. And that's what we specialize in in Outdoor With For is again, kind of reiterating this idea of telling stories that are genuine, that show people with the experiences of getting outside and integrating those products into those experiences. That's awesome. Um, and I love that you do that. I love that you, you know, brought in the portal, as I like to say on the show here. I mean, we've heard for years and years, obviously, like just in one of our uh, communities of focus being bike, um, you know, sometimes it can be intimidating to go into a bike shop, right? <laughs> we never want that to oh, be yeah. the case. Like we want to get as many people outdoors as as possible. And that's obviously the entire movement of the outdoor recreation economy. So it's awesome that you're doing that and addressing it from a different angle. And again, what I love about your publication is it makes it, it, it really depicts like, see, this is really possible for your brand. You do fit here. And, you know, again, I think if you guys know that your consumer is interested in this, you need to be there because they're going to expect you to be there. And I think that the majority, if not all of the companies in Active Outdoor Lifestyle um, have that, you know, their consumer is really interested in that. Um, So... Let's let's continue on here because I, I want to make sure we maximize the amount of time that we have together. I wanted to talk... I mean, there's a couple of other episodes I've done in this space that I'll put links to. One was with Mainline Overland, which is a... I think Builder Dealer is the way that they're kind of called uh, you know, by the some of the companies in that space. But they do a great job with content. And I almost feel like they're like a, a 
a builder dealer that's an influencer too. And I feel like that we, we really would be doing a disservice to the audience if we didn't talk about the importance of micro ambassadors or micro influencers and influencers in this space. And obviously we can get into your news around that too, but let's start by talking about the DIY communities that form and how they form and where they form, what they form around and, and kind of what a key avenue that is to uh, connect consumers to brands and to the consumer decision journey. Well, there's no doubt that, that um, the DIY angle is um, certainly an important part of drawing a brand at a very kind of personal level to um, enthusiasts. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been my experience that and I'm sure a lot of your, your, your listeners have, have seen this too. You know, there's been this growth over the years. This hasn't been a recent phenomenon, but really for the last maybe 15 or so years of online communities where, you know, like-minded individuals regarding outdoors and vehicle travel, um, they come together and they share ideas and they share recommendations and suggestions on places to go and things to see and do and, and how to outfit their vehicles for a specific task. And as social media has continued to proliferate um, over the last you know, eight to 10 years, um, there are subsets of groups through social media that also discuss these very subjects of you know, how do you properly outfit a vehicle? Um, and, and that kind of created an emergence of you know, online influencers and social media influencers, which is a whole completely different discussion and probably one that I know you've had probably with a number of your clients as well. And that's where there's the, the, the value of having some, some quality influencers on the DIY component can help expand a, a, a brand's placement within a certain target audience. A lot of our readers with Outdoor by Four, and there are a number of people like this within the overland and vehicle uh, realm, um, they, they may or may not have the discretionary income to go out and buy a $100,000 truck or um, a completely outfitted uh, vehicle that costs the, the amount of a house. Um, there's a small market segment that really, I think, maybe unfairly has maybe influenced what people's perception is of overland and vehicle-based travel. And it's not necessarily that at all. There is a huge demographic of people in the vehicle realm, the kind of the DIYers that are looking to get out and enjoy um, a trip somewhere. And they, they prefer building out their vehicle as, as efficiently and as cost-effectively as possible. And part of that planning of building out their vehicle includes the products that they're going to be using on a specific trip. And sharing ideas of the things that they need or that they're going to use with other individuals that are within that realm. That's so, part of the stoke uh, for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and you know, that's, that's just enthusiasts. It's just like that on the outdoor side, as it is on the vehicle side, you have enthusiasts that are, that are focused specifically on, you know, how to, you know, lighten their their pack with the lightest gear for an upcoming backpacking trip or minimizing their um, their impact on the environments that they go to and getting suggestions from other like-minded individuals for... You know, I hear uh, you. I totally hear you on that. But the way that I've seen your communities segmented under like Toyota and Dodge and you know what I mean? Like that feels pretty different to me. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing as well. I mean, there's no doubt that you have enthusiasts of specific brands 
just like you have enthusiasts of specific brands on the outdoors front. There are people that are crazy about their Toyotas. There are people that are just absolutely crazy about their Jeeps and they won't drive anything but a Jeep. You have people who just love Land Rovers and, you know, Land Rovers in my realm are are notoriously known as being problematic from a maintenance perspective, but there's just this essence of coolness that comes from those vehicles. So there are segments within this vehicle realm of enthusiasts that are passionate about specific vehicle platforms, that are passionate about specific products, either for their vehicles or the outdoors experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that crosses over very well, very much, uh, and it permeates, well, in many ways with the broader outdoor segment. Right. So let's talk about your marketing director, because I think this is really, really interesting. Um, So share your news on that. And then let's also share your news on your forthcoming gear issue that you have coming out. So really exciting. Our marketing director is a gentleman named Jason Sakurai. Um, He was one of the folks that helped coordinate um, this Overland experience at the SEMA show that I mentioned earlier in the show. He was actually awarded from SEMA and the uh, subgroup of SEMA, Tora, the Truck Off-Road Alliance, their Influencer of the Year, which is a tremendous honor when you really think about the size and scope of SEMA's reach. And then, of course, the growing scope of the overland realm within the vehicle market. Um, to have our marketing director named Influencer of the Year by such a large organization is truly exciting. Did they did they cite like why he won that award? Like what was he doing that was so magnificent? Because well, obviously, like he he must have been acting on your behalf if he's your marketing director. Sure, sure. Yeah, Jason's been with our team. I actually hired Jason earlier this year, so he's relatively new to Outdoor by Four. But he has been um, in the vehicle market for oh gosh, twenty five thirty years. I mean, he's been very well entrenched in this market segment that we're in. Uh, and he's had years and years of experience and he knows a lot um, of companies within this market segment. He's had a lot of personal experiences over the years as well that have really helped kind of establish him um, and, and what he does on on his side besides just Outdoor by Four. Um, just telling very briefly about Jason, he owns a marketing company named Roadhouse Marketing that specializes in helping companies integrate with brands in the vehicle segment. So he's a perfect fit with Outdoor by Four because that's that's our core desire is integrating brands into the vehicle segment on the adventure front. And his his company, Roadhouse Marketing, has been specializing in that for years and years. And I think I'm, I'm gathering without having spoken to the folks at Tora just yet, but I think a lot of their decision in selecting him as an influencer, as influencer of the year for their organization, it's attributable to the fact that he's been he's been in the middle of this on the vehicle front for a very very long time, and with that, he's established you know quite a reputation, a positive reputation, big following, I'm sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then tell us about your outdoor by four gear issue, the annual gear issue. And the reason I wanted to bring this up isn't like a shameless plug, okay, everybody. This is because I feel like this is a great guide for you to actually see. And this is digital. It will be print at the end of 20, uh, 2019. So it's digital, I think, pretty soon or right now. But the reason I'm saying go check this out is because you can actually see what we're familiar with gear kind of with the backdrop of Outdoor by Four, like in a brand new issue. And it's free, which we love. It's our favorite color here on the Channel Mastery. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you can't go wrong with three. <laughs> no, we, we released our first gear issue um, back in 2017. And that was really driven by our readers' interest and feedback. Our focus with the gear issue has been very much like what Outdoor by Four is all about. It's kind of a hybrid of sharing products that we have been using on staff during the course of the year, um, which we publish the magazine six times per year, print and digital. Um, the products that we feature in the gear guide are products that we've been using, um, that members of our staff have been using in the field for at least a year. And in many cases, products that we've been using for years. And it highlights those products in a format that's fun and engaging. It's also, it's also uh, uh, done in a way where we've blended certain products throughout the gear issue without, with what most people might perceive as maybe kind of being disorganized in a sense, but that's not what it's intended to do. It's really intended to kind of meld the vehicle component with the outdoors component. So you can go through our gear issue and you'll see a really nicely written review about a uh, camp kitchen. And that'll be right next to a review about a new set of tires for your, for your vehicle-based adventure. So it's got a nice mix of products, outdoors, vehicle-related. Uh, and it's, uh, we're going to have our third gear issue coming out shortly before Thanksgiving. And, awesome. Um, we'll yeah, put the link. About it. Yeah, we'll put the link in there. One thing I realized, Frank, before we wrap up here is we didn't really spend adequate time talking about the product distribution angle. Um, I did talk about mainline a little bit. We'll put links to that podcast and that website and, you know, kind of that community in the podcast notes as well. But can you talk a little bit about how, how are consumers actually purchasing it? Is it moving more to online or are they still going to these builder dealers? What do you, what's your take on that? It's, it seems to be a combination of the two. There's no doubt that online um, has made it so much easier for consumers to to find the products that they want to do so quickly and conveniently. Um, but there are still a number of folks out there who find going to a brick and mortar store is their, their main preference. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a number of retailers that, that offer uh, a really nice kind of myriad of products that are starting to capture more of the, the outdoors component to the vehicle products that they sell. Mainline's an ex excellent example. Um, they're they're based on the East Coast and they are in the Midwest, the Mid, the mid East, Mid Atlantic. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, um, uh, you sounded almost they, like uh, Upper Middle East. Remember that? That's another. We were actually trading um, <laughs> movie lines in our rehearsal call. So forgive us, everybody. I'm sitting here <laughs> laughing. Um, but yes, yeah. the Eastern Seaboard is what you meant to say. <laughs> I think it's the Boston. Eastern Seaboard is exactly what I meant to say. Yeah. So I think yeah, they so have a Boston location, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they do. They do have one up in Massachusetts as well. And so they're starting to expand their their presence on the East Coast. And Mainline, for those of y'all who aren't familiar with Mainline, I know Kristen mentioned she'll include a link to the interview with um, Matt Henwood that he did about a year and a half or two ago, I think. But they are they are one of the, the preeminent retailers of overland vehicle-based adventure products for the vehicle and are also starting to expand and include uh, more of the outdoors lifestyle stuff as well. Um, and there are companies, there are retailers that are emerging throughout the country that are offering the same thing. Um, there's a company in New Jersey named OK4WD who has made it a primary goal of theirs to really focus on the lifestyle component. And a lot of the vehicle builds that they do take into consideration the, the idea of 
of adventure travel and integrating a strong outdoors component to that uh, with storage systems designed in the vehicle to keep your hiking gear, your rock climbing gear, your paddling stuff um, organized and done so in a really uh, strategically uh, done way. Uh, there's AT Overland in Arizona who has been in the business for, oh gosh, 18, almost almost 20 years, I think, between 15 and 20 years. They, they have been doing the same thing. There's Mule Expedition Outfitters in the Pacific Northwest, who is another preeminent company who's crossed over very nicely between the vehicle and the outdoor segment. So there are a number of retail outlets that are continuing to grow and expand and recognizing the value of outdoors on the vehicle front. And I think with that, um, there's a lot of opportunity there for, for outdoors companies to get actively engaged through that medium as well. I totally agree. And then let's not forget, we have to hit on the hybrid electric facet of, of uh, the evolution of vehicle-based adventure. Obviously, we have Rivian, Tesla, Cake Motorcycles, Bollinger. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that segment. So that, that, that's a really exciting segment that for me, I'm really, really um, looking forward to seeing where it goes. And we, ironically, we have a story planned for our gear issue that highlights electric overlanding and the huge potential that there, um, that there, there could be with electric vehicles as it relates to all the things that we write about and all the things that a number of, of the companies that you work with are are really interested in in uh, getting involved in as well. Um, yeah, so the electric vehicles. The biggest the biggest issue on that front has always been just infrastructure, you know, having the proper infrastructure and vehicle battery life, and that is starting to really. Well, I say starting. It is over the last couple of years has really kind of taken off. And for us on the vehicle front, it's exciting because for so long, one of the biggest I would say maybe constraints in getting more companies actively involved with outdoors is the vehicle footprint and electric vehicles could really, really make a big difference in terms of footprint and the impact environmentally that, that, um, that vehicles have when traveling to remote destinations. And, you know, a key component, that isn't oftentimes brought up within the overland and vehicle-based realm is the importance of treading lightly and staying the trail and leaving no trace, which are all very important principles that we really, really push education-wise through our channels. And electric overlanding adds to that. Electric vehicles, by reducing footprint, um, offers a tremendous opportunity to to really um, impact positively, at least you know we're expecting it to, positively impact how we are accessing these areas. And a number of companies are, are, are really stepping up and, and filling that niche. And Rivian is one that we're really excited about. That company has shown um, over the last two years a strong desire to really have a positive impact on uh, getting people to a trailhead and getting them into more remote areas and doing so in a way that's fun in a vehicle platform that looks really, really cool, that also has very low impact. And uh, they were ironically at the Overland Expo event um, earlier this year in Arizona. And uh, they definitely are one of several companies that you mentioned that are actively pursuing this lifestyle of getting outdoors and doing so in a responsible manner. And I'm super excited about that. I am as well. 
Is there anything that I might have missed today in our conversation? I think this was a excellent, you know, whether it's an introduction or just kind of a, a permission granted or something like go after this, everybody like this is already there. Uh, you need to approach it in the right way and make sure that it's in line with your end consumer target. But it, it seems like a vibrant, fast growing industry. And what I love about it most is there are big reputable brands in this space and coming into this space that are consumer in out in the more quote core outdoor or outdoor active lifestyle would be just remiss to not somehow gain exposure right alongside of them, right? So there's a lot of opportunity here as we head into 2020. And I think the door is open and it's welcome for brands on our side. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, kind of circling back to how we started, um, virtually anybody who's doing anything outdoors is using some vehicle to get to a trailhead to, to do all these different things. And the infrastructure in terms of reaching that audience uh, it has been in place for quite a while. And Outdoor by Four is just one of many components of that. I, I definitely feel like there is a lot of opportunity for outdoors companies to actively immerse themselves on the vehicle front. And you know anything that I can do to kind of help guide them along that way um, through our channels and through the channels of our peers and working collaboratively and collectively to, at the end of the day, get people outside and doing so re- uh, responsibly... I'm absolutely for that. And I think that there's a lot of benefit there that um, companies can absolutely um, garner long-term. Me too. And I appreciate you coming on the show today to talk to us more about how to do that in the most genuine way we can. So thank you so much, Frank, for all that you've shared here today. And I look forward to following all of your success with Outdoor by Four. And I know that you will be at future outdoor retailer shows, as well as available to anyone in our industry at these other shows that might be new to them. So where can they find you online? Absolutely. So you can visit us online at www.outdoorx4.com, pronounced Outdoor by Four. Um, you can find us socially through Instagram, through Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube. Our handle is at OutdoorX4. Email us from our website, inquiry, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y, OutdoorX4.com. Or, you know, contact Kristen and I'm sure she can put you in contact with me. I definitely can because I'm a connector. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. And I hope everybody listening today is as stoked as I am to get out there and get after it. Whether I'm in my car or moving myself around on a bike or my own feet, whatever it is, I just can't wait. I mean, here we are at the beginning of winter. I already am dreaming about spring and summer. So <laughs> very excited to see Absolutely. your new year issue. And thanks so much for joining us here today. Oh, thanks, Chris. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advanced notice of new Channel Mastery trainings and offerings like our brand new digital resource and membership that's opening up in Q3 2019. 
Thanks for listening and see you next week.